there guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. I hope everyone is doing well out there. It is officially finally Friday, the best day of the week. It's finally rolled around once again. Um, we uh, got a very special guest this week. Uh, it's just me doing it on my own this week. Reese is... Um, I always like to think that I was going to say something horrible about him, but I'm not going to. He's he's working very hard, as normal. Um, but I have got a wonderful guest in the form of Sammy for Employed to Serve. How are you doing, son? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you very much for having me on the show. That's absolutely fine. The pleasure is all ours, trust us. <laughs> I'd also like to break the illusion right now and say mm. we are recording this, in fact, on a Tuesday. Yes. I got excited when you mentioned it was a Friday, and I was like, I literally had a, like a moment where I was like, hang on, is it Friday? <laughs> yeah, we, we just... <laughs> We've just I, uh, zipped ahead of it a few days. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm not giving away. Uh, giving away no, this. no, absolutely fine, absolutely fine. I love it. It's all good. Um, so yeah, so I was doing some uh, sort of background research, obviously just to break the illusion as well. Big fan of your band um, and everything. I've seen you guys many times um, and things like that. So, just research. You are quite the prolific musician. I found. Uh, in terms of lots of different side projects, lots of different bands. So I'm going to get into that. But kind of wanted to, we kind of start the interviews and things in the same way. Um, musical upbringing. What was it like for you as a child? Uh, are your parents musicians or musicals? Your old brother and sister? How did you get into music? Just the sort of the usual way, really. I mean, my parents are like, they're into music, but I wouldn't call them like, you know, insane music fans. But, you know, there was just music growing up. I mean, a big one for me and my siblings was uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. We nice. uh, we had this like Earth, Wind and Fire best of cassette that just got absolutely, well, so I say it got worn out. Somehow, miraculously, it still works to this day because I think I played it like a couple of years back. But um, yeah, music was always on, you know, we were always into it. But I definitely like latched onto it from, I remember from quite an early age. I think my introduction to sort of guitar-based music was through my dad because he was into like, you know, all the all the classics like ACDC and ZZ Top and, and things like that. So he had, he, he wasn't really a musician, but he, he dabbled on guitar every now and again. So he had one sort of lying around. So the seed was kind of planted, I guess, at an early age and then being the, the age that I am new metal was the sort of huge thing that exploded when I was about sort of eight eight to ten years old and that's kind of when I, I fully fully got into it really you know with the likes of Slipknot and Corn and all of that good stuff I was gonna say I'm not I'm not too sure but I'm pretty sad so I'm 28 I'm not sure I think you might be a little bit older than me I'm not too sure I'm um, 20, 29 so 20, oh okay cool yeah I was gonna say I've I've got some um just completely random but I've got some home footage of me about eight years old wearing a corn shirt. Don't know yeah. where it came from. I was not into corn at eight years old, but like looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, that's real cool. Like I was proper OG fan back in the day. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do the same. I particularly went on quite a like a, a nostalgia trip when you know uh, the news broke about Joe Jordison dying, because mm. um, Slipknot was like my you know my obsession, my first proper Definitely. musical obsession. And I had. I had so much Slipknot merch, so I was going back through all the photo albums, like looking at all the cool T-shirts I had. Like, ah, oh, damn! I wish I still had that. Yeah, see, exactly. I see all the T-shirts I had going for like you know, two hundred to three hundred pounds now on eBay and stuff like that. It's like shit. Why didn't I mean? I say I wish I kept them, but I mean I wore those things until they were literally like 
you know, threads essentially. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. So, um, obviously, as I said that you guys, you you sort of started many different side projects and things, uh, mm. and different bands. What was sort of the f- your first bands? What, what was the beginnings for you getting into music in terms of being a musician? I did. Um, I've done a, 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 like numerous sort of like one one you know man projects. Mm. Um, Mainly because when I, I started making music when I was still quite young, so I was like fourteen when I was like really, you know, properly committed to it. Um, and I was really into like death metal and grindcore and more extreme stuff at the time. And just in my area, there wasn't wasn't really anyone else who was who was into that. So I, when I sort of discovered MySpace and I, d- I discovered that I could make all of these like crazy one man death metal grindcore projects and then make and then put it all up on MySpace and stuff like that, I kind of got hooked. So um, the very first thing I did was under the title Defective Brain. Nice. Yeah, so it was my my one-man death metal band. Um, And yeah, released a demo with that. And all of this stuff, you can still, if you go on YouTube, you you can find it. In fact, I actually found uh, a sort of music video I made from, you know, back when I was 14 for one of these Defective Brain songs I uploaded to YouTube earlier, earlier this year just because it's it's so funny. <laughs> it's me, the song's called Slaughtered Family, and then in the music video, it's essentially me, like, I, I snuck around the house, like, filming all my family members, and they didn't know I was filming them. And I made this video where it's kind of like I've, like, abducted them, and then, like, at the end, I'm wearing this, like, hazmat mask and i'm like chopping them up with an axe and stuff like that which it's quite disturbing when you when i'm describing it right now but it was all all just for fun you know when i was doing it but um yeah that was that's kind of that's kind of my my starting point anyway was defective brain <laughs> awesome that sounds amazing i was gonna say you mentioned um about like sort of filming your valley and gas things kind of links uh quite nicely to the to the newer stuff on employed to serve we'll get to that in a bit but um i I actually sort of gave uh so when it comes to new records i tend to try and shy away from singles if i can because i'd rather rather listen to it as a body of work i'm of the old school i like to get an album listen to it all the way through and and such but um was watching um, i think it's either exist or the other single which i forgot off the top of my head um the one where um, you think it's the drummer, maybe, uh, is in the dressing room and he uh, takes like a drip. Um, no, uh, Mark Grave, Mark the Grave. That's the, the one, one. Yeah, 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 the latest one. Um, yeah, and I was like, this is mad. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. great music! Here. And it's just kind of quite relatable that you've had that as your as your first sort of outing, and then like you've put loads of money, obviously loads of money behind the video and things, kind of made it like sort of. Um, what it may look like now, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that video was so much fun to make. I mean, we, li- I mean, we, had, we obviously had a rough idea of what, like, you know, the the storyline was going to be. But I mean, we kind of rocked up at the the green screen studio and just did a load of shit with no idea, you know, how it was actually going to turn out. And yeah, we couldn't be more happy with how it how it all came together in the end. As I mean, it's incredible yeah, video, to be fair. <laughs> I get to, yeah, I get to like ride a flying skull whilst ripping a guitar solo. I mean, I've been, yeah, I feel I feel like I've, I've done it now. I can stop. I've done all I want to do. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, so employed to serve being the the main gig for you guys and for yourself now. Obviously, um, with with your now wife Justine as well being front of the band and things, and obviously your comrades in um employed to serve. 
I definitely would uh, allude to you guys being a bit of a gang. Do you think that's fair? Obviously, with your stage, I kind of, I don't know if this is, um, you mentioned you're a Mer- um, Slipknot fan. I kind of allude to, like, sort of Murder Dolls, kind of, like, a group of gangs, sort of, like, outsiders. Like, we don't, we want to include you, but at the same time, you're not one of us. You're either with us or you're against us, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, definitely not, you know, to the, like, the real extremes of, like, you're with us or against no, us. No, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of, kind of like as yeah, as a bit of a motto, really. And like, yeah, Slipknot's a, an interesting sort of one to bring up because that was initially like the idea behind it. Not that we like really wanted to rip off Slipknot or anything, but we do like that unified approach. You know mm. what I mean? Like, when we all go out on stage, like yeah. there's no, there's no mistake. We're all in the same band, yeah. and yeah, I think having that unified look, you know, can can look quite strong. But um, yeah. I definitely like getting called a gang. It makes yeah. us sound FBI's most wanted or something. Yeah, no, it's just it's kind of just like, you know, and it, it so when you when you're um at festivals and things I've noticed it's a bit like it kind of has you're probably you'll start blushing hopefully. Uh the the Iron Maiden effect. So when you see Iron Maiden at a festival, you know Iron Maiden play because it's just a sea of shirts with Iron Maiden you know when you're at a festival because you just see employed to serve like the um the either the serve or the back or just the uh, the camo jackets which you guys wear. So it's like so oh they're they're my people. It's all good. Like follow those people. <laughs> so, totally. That's that's exactly that's, that's exactly like what we wanted from it was that kind of like feeling of like yeah being being a part of it as well. You know just being like a fan of the band because I mean that's still how I feel. I I mean like. You know, I'm I'm 29 now, but every time I put on a Slipknot t-shirt, I'm still kind of like, yeah, sick. You know what I mean? Like, stoked to be like repping it. So, yeah, that's definitely the kind of like vibe we wanted to to give out when we started like rocking the t-shirts as well, and then hopefully, you know, other people would start wearing them and kind of feel, you know, a part of it as well. Mm, definitely. You know? So I got on to you guys on the Warmth of a Dying Sun, which is your second record, and um, yeah. employed to serve. Um, the first two records, I was trying to think of a word that wasn't spazzy because spazzy's, you know, on PC, but mathy's quite a good word, I think. Um, yeah, sure. So, you know, with that, like, obviously, I'm into all different little uh, genres of metal and things like that. Uh, with the um, Eternal Forward Motion and obviously the new one, it's a lot more not straight down the line, but just straight down the line, sort of metal, if you like. Um, sure. How do you think that's kind of? Um, do you think that's brought you more fans and things? Because I can see, obviously, you've booked to play with Gojira uh, later on next year, which is a fantastic booking. I think as a world class booking uh, from them. Right now, if I'm honest, like I can't. Yeah, cannot wait for that all. So it's you know, like some people will say, you know, oh, I miss the mafia stuff, but uh, which, to be fair, is kind of a weird one because what happens when you make new music obviously the old stuff never really goes away that stuff's still there you've still yeah. got spotify itunes physical stuff like people sometimes forget that that still stuff exists and people think like oh that's being erased but it's just you know progressing forward um yeah. i think that the new stuff is the best stuff you've written so far um oh. and it is bloody brilliant but what i didn't know Sally, is you've got a pair of pipes on you. Oh. Where did that come from? <laughs> slowly, slowly but surely, over the last couple of ETS albums, kind of like 
been like putting my foot in the door a little bit more with you know doing vocals and a couple of like more clean you know vocal mm. parts here and there and then the, with this one like as we want to do with every album we want to kind of explore new territory it just kind of seemed like a natural progression start you know writing some songs that have got a bit more you know clean vocals in them and the guitar solos as well is just like so obviously with being a sort of a more mathy kind of band to begin with it, yeah it's more sort of technical and doesn't really lend itself to the more extreme epic sweeping guitar solos but when that guitar solo came on, on the new thing i was like Oh, okay. This is like <laughs> this is this is a bit different to what I'm used to, but um, no, it's really, really strong. Um, and I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we just—I mean, since we started, like, we've just always wanted to push in new directions with every record we do. Uh, and to be honest with you, like, we've been receiving, you know, like comments and stuff, even from when we put out The Warmth of a Dying Sun. I remember when we put out I Spend My Days mm. and people were like, oh, I don't know about this. And, I'm, you know, I'm not sure about that. And, you know, that's like one of our, our biggest tracks yeah. these days. So I've kind of come to just sort of expect it now. And, like, you know, obviously I understand there's, like, there's going to be some people who don't always enjoy the new directions that we sort of, you know, grow into. But the thing is, I will say about the new record is, like, the two songs that have come out now, like obviously do represent the album well and fit into the album, but there's definitely stuff in like on the new record that ties in very nicely with where it, like the band has been before. Cause you know, massive, yeah. Yeah. I'd never, I'd never really want to get, I mean, we've obviously grown a lot since the first album, rather than you remember, but I still feel most of the material on that record we could play to this day in amongst our newer songs. And it wouldn't sound like, a million miles apart, if you yeah, know. Of what I course, mean. yeah, definitely. Um, As, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really really cool. Um, so uh, gonna do the little bit of the, the press thing quickly. Um, so conjuring uh, is right, isn't it? Conjuring. Oh, conquering. Conquering. Oh, there we go. It's me. Kind of, we kind of read my you got, notes. You got conjurer on the brain. That's it. That is it. That is it. Yeah. Um, uh, coming out seventeenth of September. Um. Yeah, so with that coming out, how are you, what are you feeling about the new record? Are you excited? Are you nervous? How how is it? Because obviously, me personally and a lot of obviously listeners never released a record before, so you're obviously a few records deep at this point. Do you still get kind of the nerves and things, or is it more kind of excitement now? I would say at this point, it's 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 definitely just excitement, really. I mean, because I feel like we've already hit you know, hit pretty hard with a curveball that is Mark of the Grave being such a different track for us that, like, even though there's, like, a lot of new, like, ideas and stuff for ETS and the record, I feel pretty safe, you know, that people are going to dig it, you know, and I'm just excited now for people to, to listen to it, really. And I'm particularly interested for people who are kind of a little bit on the fence, maybe, with, like, the first two singles, like, because they're quite new for us to kind of hear the rest of the album and see how that kind of ties in with... Our, our back catalogue if you see what i mean so yeah, definitely yeah no i'd say at this point like I, i'm more excited than i'm nervous i think the nerves are always for the first couple of singles when it's like oh my god i hope people don't like absolutely hate it but we've had such a positive reaction to both songs that at this point i'm just super excited for you know everyone to hear the whole record yeah definitely i was saying the internet can be a very very mad place i am um, sure. i remember when suicide silence put out their um record this self-titled one and it was doris who the song was called 
and the internet just went mental and just yeah, like it was just like saying um you know we must not bring this record out and kind of all this thing and it's like well hang on a minute like it's it's for you guys as a band the music's for you like yeah as listeners we just have that as a byproduct it's like you know you could you could sit you know if you've got music and creativity in your blood you're just gonna do it regardless you know oh. i've said about this this podcast that i do um youtube and things on the side as well i was like I'll continue to do this till nobody listens because no one listened in the first place. So anyone who does, I'm grateful to have, do you know what I mean now? So it, yeah, yeah, totally man. So it's, um, it's kind of nice in that respect that people do care. And it's, um, yeah, it's awesome. So with the new record, um, it's very much, I want and need to see you guys on main stages. That's what I'm, you know, because on record, is one thing, but live, especially yourself, you you're a very calm, very very um very kind gentleman. From what I've spoken to you so far, but on stage you are a different different person entirely. <laughs> yeah. A bit of a, a bit of a beast, if you like. Um, I remember catching you guys uh with Milk Teeth um oh. back in the day, and it was a very it was a great lineup because I love both bands, but it was a very strange juxtaposition to see you guys. And I remember um. Like you literally came on, and you're like, I can see you all standing at the back. Like I can see, like this is a live thing. I can literally see you. Like everyone step forward. Like do you know what I mean? And there's people yeah. like, oh god, okay. Like do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny because like yeah, I mean, particularly when we're on a tour and we're playing to new people and you know fans of other bands and stuff. That that side of us definitely comes out a little bit more and. I think yeah, it's like you say. I think a lot of people kind of get the wrong the wrong idea about either myself or the band is if there's like even though we're kind of in the moment and we're we're mm. kind of really you know feeding off the energy, we're only kind of like we're only doing it to kind of get a bit of an atmosphere going. Oh god, like, yeah, definitely. You no, know I mean like if you if you actually stood at the back or like you know whatever like you weren't vibing it or something, then totally fine. But it's like in the moment you're just like. We just want to grab people's attention, you know. What I mean, whenever we're out on a support tour playing, you know, for uh, you know some other people's fans and stuff like that, we just like want to grab people's attention, and we just kind of found that was our our way of doing it. Definitely, you know? I mean that it's to put it as or blunt is to um to grab the bull by its literal horns and literally just go right. If you're not going to move, I'm going to move you. Like, do you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. You know. And yeah, the Milk Teeth tour was an interesting one for that. But it, I, I found it really worked. It was such a fun tour. Like us, Milk Teeth and Wallflower was such an interesting mix. But it's one of our favourite tours that we've ever done just because everyone, everyone, you know, and all the bands were lovely and the shows were just great. We had people coming out to see both like, you know, the, well, you know, all of the bands, you know what I mean? And everyone stayed for everyone's bands. It wasn't like there was like... ETS fans that didn't want to see Milk Teeth. It was just like a really diverse lineup, and everyone was on for seeing everyone. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna say because you guys came up with. Well, I say you guys came up with what a lot of people uh, associate your band was coming up with that school of the Conjurer, the Milk Teeth, Creeper, that sort of that brand of and that sort of a uh, time frame of bands, um, and all being yeah. British as well, which is really really encouraging. Um, I went to the uh, download pilot um, a couple of weeks back, and Bloodstock 
literally like last weekend or whatever it was um and it's so so encouraging to see the amount of young hungry talented uk acts that are out there at the minute it's it's absolutely insane so um, as well you know like that's been one of the sort of you know, one of the, the pluses, I guess, if you can call it that, from, you know, the current state of affairs of no international travel is that, yeah, the download pilot and the bloodstock's been such a great showcase for, you know, up-and-coming British bands. Yeah, definitely. How did you find uh, recording during a lockdown? Did you find it easier or more difficult? Uh, yeah, just just as easy, to be fair. Like, mm. um, I mean, we, we were quite fortunate that we weren't really plagued with any setbacks due to COVID. So... Yeah. When it came time for us to start recording in December, we, um, yeah, I mean, we went into tier four in our area, I think maybe like half a week into when we started recording. But by this point, like, you know, we, we were all bubbled together as a band. We were going back to the bass, place, uh, the bass player's house every night. And, you know, Lewis, the, the guy we record with, he's just at home with his flatmate who I think was working from home. So we were quite happy just to sort of carry on. None of us sort of like going to work in between times or anything like that where we might potentially catch it. So, so yeah, so we, we got a pretty smooth ride with it. I know some bands have been really unfortunate where, you know, they've had to like reschedule things about a million times. We, we got the bulk of it done in two weeks in December. Me and Justine went back in January just to do a couple of like pick up vocal sessions. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty relaxed experience. And, and it was it was nice to do. I mean, we had a lot of stuff going on sort of around around that time, but which made it a little bit stressful recording. But for the most part, it was kind of nice to have a break away from everything and just go get cabin fever and lock ourselves away at the ranch and record. You know, that was definitely nice. Yeah, definitely, and I suppose that's a blessing as well. Obviously, you guys all being um, sort of all together and things, you, you, you've not got to worry about, oh, I've got to get that person from America like some bands are where they, where they live far apart and things like that. So it's quite nice that you can all get together and actually record in a room. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so nice. Like, but yeah, considering like the months that followed where it was, you know, obviously full on lockdown and we didn't see each other for like three or so months, it was nice that we did have that time together to you know whilst we were recording the album to to hang out really because yeah the following months are definitely pretty pretty bleak that's for sure yeah definitely do you think that uh, there's been a bit of a reflection on that on the new music then uh, recording that time or well i i'd say i for me the like in terms of like the lockdown getting to me that kind of didn't happen until all the music was written so i i would say i would say no like if anything i was in like for the most part, quite a, quite a, like uh, an enthusiastic and creative space when when I was writing. Because when the first lockdown happened, I was I was fortunate enough for it not to particularly affect me too much. Yeah. So, if anything, like I just had a bit of, like well, I'd had such a busy start to the year, it was actually kind of nice just to sort of kind of gather my thoughts for a moment and yeah, just you know commit to being at home and writing music so i think it was like maybe like a month or so into the lockdown when we kind of all figured out that shows weren't coming back for the summer and that mm. it was going to be quite a while before they returned we just kind of went okay well let's do a new album then so i was yeah i was fortunate to have you know the album to keep me busy really i just spent yeah but all my time in this room i'm sat in right now <laughs> yeah writing it essentially and yeah just kept me busy and kept my mind focused so it was it was good awesome stuff i was gonna say um 
was I going to say? I forgot what I was saying now. Um, da, 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 let me refer back to my notes. See, a constant professional me. Um, what has been your... So you've been a band, obviously, for for a, a while. Is important. How long have you guys been a band? I was 10 years, I want to say. Just Something shy. Like eight, eight, eight years this year. Eight so years? Okay, cool. 2013. Yeah, August 2013 we started. So just, just gone eight years. Awesome stuff. Well, kind of a tough one. Because, well, it'll be... It's, Technically, Employed to Serve has existed for nine. Right. Me, me and Justine started it in 2012, and we did two releases, just the two of us. Mm. But then our first ever show as like as a proper band, you know, with the full lineup was in 2013, and that's kind of when I count it from because that yeah. kind of felt like the re- the real start of the band, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Do you um? I just spared a question, so that's great. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, I was gonna say, uh, do you find it um difficult to work with just saying, obviously being your you and your girlfriend, fiance, and now wife? I mean, it sounds like a strange question, but you know, I know for example, I could not work with my other half. Like, I love her dearly. Don't get me wrong, but being yeah. that close and obviously in a band together and stuff, it how does that dynamic work for you two? Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, I I completely understand what you're saying. 100% and uh, like loads of other people have said like it couldn't work and not for any reason like mm. oh you know they don't you know it, like like their other half or anything like that but they just couldn't be compatible in in that kind of scenario but for, no it, it, for some reason it, it works and honestly you know there's there's no issues from it whatsoever I think we're very good at just kind of like knowing knowing what's banned stuff yeah um, to draw the line on it and just sort of you know turn it off so we can go watch a movie or go out for dinner and stuff like that and try and not let, you know, band issues or sort of, you know, business kind of come into our personal lives. But we, I don't know, we're quite fortunate in that regard because obviously now we, we work together as well. So Justine's like really got, yeah, really got me just like all the time and can't can't escape me. But we, we, we managed to make it work and there isn't really any issues. But she, yeah, she can't escape me, it seems, <laughs> you know. <laughs> live together do the band together and now now we work together <laughs> i was gonna say because um justin's obviously launched the uh church farm records that's correct isn't it yeah yes yeah that's right so how did that all sort of come about what what was the inspiration behind that because obviously you guys were if i remember rightly on holy raw and we're not gonna go there for various reasons for but sure. you know yeah. like how, how did you know wanting to do a record label how was that so Church. I, I started like Church Road initially four years ago now. So I when I, I put my back out, I used to be uh, I used to do gardening as a living, and I okay. I really badly hurt my back, and I had to quit. Uh, and in that downtime, I started up Church Road Records, mm. um, just as like a little like part time passion project, putting out like some of my side projects and a few like friends bands and stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of been ticking away on the sidelines now for like, you know, the last four years or well, the last three years up until last year. And then when everything sort of happened with, with Holy Raw, Justine was like looking to well, obviously break away, mm, of course, uh, do something, do something different. And she just asked me because I had the name already. I had the website set up. She said like, would you be okay with me coming over to, to Church Road and kind of taking over there? So that's, so that's how that came about really. Okay. Awesome. That's um. So with with that, are you guys sort of uh, what sort of things are you doing on there? Is it more sort of experimental things? Because obviously, you guys um, 
in terms of ETS going uh, more down the straight ahead metal kind of route in terms of um what you're doing now rather than sort of what you did before are you do more experimental stuff on on the on there or oh yeah it's i mean it's a real it's a real mixture on, mm-hmm. on church road that's for sure and like um yeah i mean we've got all sorts of there. i mean we're we're such huge fans of music in general so even though ets is like kind of going down this route i mean we're still fans yeah. of like you know mathcore streamo black metal death metal you name it so i mean yeah church road is like a real mix uh last month we put out like a, a dark ambient electronic band from russia called antethic this nice. month we've got, uh, we've got like a metallic hardcore band coming out uh, this Friday, in fact, called Filth is Eternal. Kind of sounds like Cursed, Trap Them, that kind of hardcore. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, and then we've got a band coming out next month called Bloodette, who kind of sound like, you know, Armin Ra and Swans. So it's like, it's That's such fantastic. a picture. Because our, our, our taste in music and particularly in like more alternative music and extreme music is so diverse um we kind of like to release a little bit of everything just whatever you know tickles our fancy i guess yeah definitely so um that leads quite nicely sort of what what you um what you're currently spinning at the moment what what's sort of taking your fancy at the Ooh, moment some recommendations i always get like put on the spot with a master i've been listening to a a lot of stuff recently let me see if i can just pull up my spotify and just take a quick little look jog my memory i mean after after Bloodstock, I've definitely been jamming a lot of uh, Creator again because they're mm. set just so good. Did you manage to catch it? Yes, I did. They were absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love Creator. I I, I got into Creator in 2017 when I saw Bloodstock. Uh, so I'm massive into Thrash, but for some reason, Creator has just slipped under my radar for yeah, whatever they're... reason. And uh, <laughs> when I found them, I was like, oh, I didn't know I needed this button, but they're fucking great. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were saying all weekend, they kind of like, yeah, they're one of those fans that for a lot of people, they slip under the radar. But I mean, they give the big four a run for their money, you know, Definitely. what I mean, in terms of in terms of their songs and also their performance. But um, yeah, so I, I've been listening to like the new King Woman record that came out, which is called Celestial Blues, which is a really awesome record. It's kind of like, I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, have you, have you checked out King Woman? I haven't, no. I was going to say, Kind of, I mean, I would sort of put it in the sort of doomy kind of category, but okay. it's at the same time, the vocals are definitely very original and give it its own sort of vibe. But I, I definitely recommend checking that out. Oh, I went back to a record I really dug from a few years ago today, actually, called um, it's Thrive on Neglect by uh, Immortal Bird, who are a band from, also another band from the States. And yeah, kind of like, I don't know what I'd describe it as, kind of sort of black metal-y elements i guess but nice. i don't know it's, it's a good it's a good metal record um what else i've been listening to smolder now this mm. is like they're like a traditional like a new but like traditional sounding metal band from i think they're from canada although yep. i think maybe the the members might have moved recently but they put this album out in 2019 called times of obscene evil and wild daring and so metal oh mate like check out the album cover it's it's so metal but um yeah like if you're if you're into sort of like you know traditional metal like you know old iron maiden and like early man of war and kind of stuff like that it's kind of it's kind of in that vein but they're a new band and i would thoroughly recommend checking them out um and then i was spinning yesterday uh an ep by a band from leeds called mortuary spawn who are a death who are a death metal band, sort of quite an old school kind of vibe. 
because uh, they're playing a show with one of the bands on Church Road soon. So we've got a death metal band called Celestial Sanctuary and they're playing a show in London on the 2nd of September and they're one of the support bands. Uh, but yeah, they're awesome. I'd thoroughly recommend checking out Mortuary Spawn as well. Awesome stuff. Is there any book, like, so I don't believe in guilty pleasures at all when it comes to music, films, yeah. anything like that. You like, it's either, it's either it's great or it's not for me. It's as simple as that. It's, yeah. um, so is there any bands or artists that you listen to that, that if the, uh, the common employed to serve fan would go, hang on a minute, he listens to what? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, well, because I'm, I'm in agreement with you, right? Like, where I don't really believe believe in guilty pleasures, because if you dig a certain type of music or whatever, then if you dig it, then cool, you know, go for it. But I guess I guess the weird one for a lot of people who follow ETS is, like, I'm a, I'm a huge Ronnie James Dio fan. Oh, so fantastic. I, I love Dio, and I love Sabbath with Dio and Rainbow and all the rest. And so... I think that's always a bit of a funny one. Or, I mean, no one's ever really commented on it, but I do sometimes, because I post quite a lot about Dio. Mm. I just wonder if anyone, if they follow me because of ETS goes like, what's this guy always banging on about Dio for or something? You know what I mean? It's like, I have a bit of a full-on obsession with with the guy and his music. So I guess for a lot of people, they might see that as a a guilty pleasure because, you know, they, they might think Dio's a bit cheesy, but if they think that, they're wrong. Yeah, bring on, them. bring on the cheese, definitely. So oh, yeah, that's what I say, man. <laughs> I, I was at um, Bloodstock, and um, so I've got two sort of big playlists on Spotify. Uh, one of them is like my car playlist, which is just everything I listen to. Stick like four hundred hours, stick it on yeah. random, let it play, whatever comes out comes out. Um, and then I've got a car bangers, which is basically if it's a good riff or it's a good tune, it's going in there, and it's yeah. literally everything from yourselves. To Abba, to Queen, like it's in there. So I put that on Spotify, and um, some of the stuff that came out, and people were like, "Are you, are you for real?" And I'm like, "This is a jam. Like, this is literally a jam. Like, I'm so annoyed that I wasn't born earlier so I could have my teens during the eighties because eighties oh, is like yeah. so good. Eighties pop is amazing. <laughs> Oh, really? yeah. I'm I'm stoked to hear that. Like, there's a playlist where it will go from ETS to Queen. Yeah, definitely. To, well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm all about that. But it's um, it does get me not in trouble sometimes. But um, so I was my other half. She tends to not ruin my Spotify, but she shares my Spotify, and she's well into pop, rock, and things like that, which is fine. Uh, and a lot of sort of R and B and things like that. I don't again fine, not a problem. But um. I was listening it messes to... with your algorithms, though, doesn't it? Hey, it messes with your algorithms. Yeah, it though, does. It? it does. It's um. <laughs> so we were in, we were in the car, and um, I can't remember what I was listening to. I was listening to a sab or something, and she was just like, "Whatever," just bobbed right to it. And then um, the new uh, Igni can't say the one. Um, Kristen Hayer. I can't think. Oh, big wait, That's the one. Could never hey. say her name came on and literally uh it pretty much made her cry like it was it was such <laughs> she was like what is this and i was like oh yeah this is just what i listen to at like 2 a.m when i'm in the dark when i go all the curtains shut like you know yeah, yeah oh i mean it is it's an, it's a beautiful but intense listen that's for sure <laughs> what a review though yeah i was listening to lingering noter and it made made my girlfriend cry <laughs> <laughs> she, she's just like, I don't like it, turn it off, I don't like it. It's, just like, it's not even, it's like, it just sounds like someone being suffocated, like, you can't get out. I was like, yeah, that'll do that. 
like, yeah, the perfect score for, yeah, a, like a, a horror movie that's not yet been uh, been released. I always think a music would work, well, some of it anyway would work really well with, like, some of the, um, is it Ari Aster who made, like, Midsommar and Hereditary and yes, all that stuff? Say, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's got that kind of haunting and kind of, tr- like, tragic in a theatrical way kind yeah. of vibe to it where it would fit very well definitely so um you being in the in the music biz if you like um for for as long as you have you must have had some crazy uh sort of i call them pinch me moments where for me personally this is one of them like what am i doing i'm having an out-of-body experience what am i doing here what's like so um yeah do you have any moments where you're like oh fuck me that's so and so over there or like moments where you're like did that just happen like do you know what i mean oh totally and there's been so many of those like particularly like in recent years that we've been fortunate to have that it's, it's kind of hard to pick one but i, I the one the one i always go back to because i say it's the it's the greatest day of my life after my wedding so it's the second <laughs> greatest day of my life well saved <laughs> which, 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 yeah which was um which when we put when we played hellfest because um right. But well, for one, the show was incredible, and I think it's I think it's still to date the biggest crowd we've played in front of, uh, and it was and we, we were really well received, and it was it was a great show. But not only that, the day we were playing, I mean, it was just it was like my dream lineup. There was uh, it was Slayer's last show in France, oh, Anthrax, Testament, Cannibal Corpse, uh, Immolation. All of it, like just like oh, day aside as well. So many of like my like favorite bands were playing, and they were all sort of like knocking about like in the you know the the backstage area, and him just sort of like looking over, being like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Glenn Benton!" And he's just like hanging out in his like tracksuit <laughs> bottoms and stuff, and 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 on that day as well, even though he's a bit of a, a controversial controversial dude these days because he's done some not so great stuff, which. Uh, but for me, growing up, like Pantera was a, a very big deal, and you know their music was a, a huge influence on me. Uh, and that day, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals were playing, and they were playing just the Pantera songs. And I was stood at the side of the stage, you know, hearing these Pantera songs being played live. And then Kerry King just rocks up and stands like next to me, and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to like be like oh my god it's Kerry King but I was just in that moment I was like holy fuck I'm listening to like Pantera songs be played live and like Kerry King's just like stood over here and that was definitely yeah a pinch me moment where I was like how has this how has this happened you know yeah. <laughs> this, is fucking, this is crazy so I sometimes get that similar thing where it's like I feel like I'm gonna get found out and someone's gonna go nope you can't do this anymore you're not allowed to do this anymore like do you know what i mean like so some sort yeah. of fraud like do you know what i mean yeah that's the thing i mean there is this kind of thing like unspoken rule like particularly like at a festival like if you're in catering or something where it's like you, you don't really go over and bother anyone or like you know get up in their face or anything but I've done it a couple times, but I've always waited until like they've left catering and they they seem to be at a loose end or something. Because there are those people I, I kind of refer to them almost like as superhero kind of like people where you've, yeah. you've been a fan of them since you were a kid and almost in your head they're not real. Like another moment for me was uh, I got to meet Tom Morello. At, oh, amazing. Um, yeah, at one of the Golden God Awards, and like he was like someone I had to go up to just for my own sake and be like. 
you're yeah. like such a big deal to me and you're like one of the reasons I play guitar, blah, 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 can I have a photo? And just because like these people are almost fictional in your head, it's kind of like, oh, you actually exist. I thought you were like Superman or something, you know? <laughs> Definitely. I, I had um, the what the biggest one I've ever had was I met uh, Jerry Jordison of Simple oh. when he had uh, done a brief run with Murder Dolls uh, back in 2013. And I think yeah. they played like five shows in the UK, and one of which was Norwich, for whatever reason. I don't know oh, why. Uh, the Waterfront. Oh, amazing. That's and cool. um, it was one of those things, I was probably about, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that. And yeah. no, I'm older than that. But anyway, I was like a teenager. Um, and I swear, I couldn't drive at all, so I was waiting for my mum to come pick me up. And yeah. he just approached me and asked me if I had a cigarette. And I just looked at him and went, oh, sorry, man, I don't smoke. He said, oh, no worries. And then I looked again and I went, you're Jerry Jordison. He went, uh, some say. And I was like, ah. And just like, <laughs> literally just launched myself at him. And just, I babbled for about two and a half minutes without a breath. And he was yeah, like, yeah. he's like, calm. I was like, I love you. And he's like, yeah, man, it's cool. He's like, do you want a photo? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, literally just couldn't like, process that he was that he was yeah. a very very small man in stature he surprised he was. me <laughs> he was, yeah like i mean yeah I, I did i did see him live once with murder doll standing up but it was at brixton so i couldn't really get a real kind of gauge for for his height but i imagine sort of seeing him in person because in your head once again he's like one of these kind of like superhero kind of like characters and then you're kind of like reminded i guess when you meet him like oh you're just you're just a natural. You're just a regular person, really, aren't you? You know. <laughs> that's the thing is, you come back to reality pretty quickly. Five minutes later, you get in the car and go. I turned Joe George's and Mum goes, "Who's that? Who's that?" Yeah. <laughs> I bet you'd never wish you smoked more in your life than that moment. I bet you're like, "Oh man, I wish I had a pack of cigarettes." Like yeah, that. literally. It was one of those things. It was just cursing myself the whole way home. But it was. I remember just being on a high for like two or three days after that yeah. and um no no one believed me until i like had the photo and i was like see 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 i've got the photo and then everyone's like oh that's cool and like, <laughs> everyone was like not bothered but kind of bothered at the same time and i was just like so that's that's my little uh my little maddest moment if you like oh, um mate. yeah i was gonna say so we're coming up to sort of 45 minutes so i don't want to take too much more of your time so no we kind of like to round things off and again, you don't have to answer it, but we do like to ask this question. What is your musical controversial opinion? Now, I'll give you a little bit of context. Some people uh, say, one of my uh, co-hosts, Andy, said that he thinks the Deftones are terrible, which wow. I fully walked off the podcast. And I was like, nope, not doing yeah, it anymore. I quit. I'm not doing it. Big statement right Yeah. There. <laughs> um, I said some... It's kind of the in joke that I will never reveal on air what I said about the Beatles because I had to cut it. Because if I ever oh, go, if, I, if I ever go to Liverpool, I will get seriously shanked or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is all the kids yeah. say shanked nowadays? Um, oh, I, I've lost track now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had um, it was kind of funny. So I'd done an interview with uh, Connor from Condra, and we. We done the interview, and towards the end, the uh, program messed up. And I'm kind of glad for his sake it did, because <laughs> he just went in, and I was like, "Well, I should have asked this at the beginning." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, who was who was his pick? Who was he? Who um, was he digging? 
he was he was digging out quite a few sort of bands that um I personally think are really good. So I was like, oh, dude, you're breaking my heart for a start. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's like, I don't understand like Code Orange, I don't get it. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I thought you'd do. But again, different horses, different courses, and things like that. But uh, yeah. it's a uh, it was a it was definitely an eye opening experience. Yeah. So wow. uh, yeah, what what would be your controversial opinion if you have one? I, yeah, my immediate go to was, and I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not extreme with this one. It's not like I don't like it because I, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't mind them. But a band that everyone always assumes because of my music taste that I would really love mm. is Opeth, and I've, oh, okay. it's, it's never, I've never had that Opeth moment where I've gone like, yo, I, right, this is sick. And I think it's because, I think it's because I did. I, I've spent like too long now waiting to kind of like check them out, and then I sort of started digging in a little bit when they put out what was the more proggy records they like started doing. Was it Heritage? Was Heritage, yeah. Um, yeah. And then okay, let's swap up. Which is weird again because I really like proggy stuff. You know mm. what I mean? And I like all the old prog. Like I really like Rush and like King Crimson and stuff. So. I think there might be a day where it finally clicks for me and all these people I've told in the past that I don't really like Opeth, I'm going to go up to them and be like, okay, I've had the moment and I love it. But for some reason, they're just one of those bands that I've just, yeah, I've never had that moment and not knocking them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, a bit, they're a big deal for a lot of people, but like, yeah, I've, I've never, never seen the massive appeal because their fan base as well is pretty pretty loyal you know what i mean yeah definitely as uh, heritage power comedian sorcerer yeah. and then obviously the new newer one they put out um yeah that that's that is almost as a mad take to be fair from from the conference i've been but yeah it's like i say different horses different courses i guess so yeah yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else a bit more like whoa like kind of crazy but i mean the thing is it's kind of going back to like the guilty pleasure before it's like I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's just different, different things for different people. It's like, you know, there's stuff that I don't really kind of get, but to float someone else's boat, then it's like sick, you know, go for it. You know, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people who are, you know, probably surprised that I've got a lot of time to listen to Ronnie James Dio sing about rainbows, but <laughs> I fucking love it. You know what I mean? So who am I to sort of judge what other people are listening to in their spare time? But yeah, that's always the one that's kind of taken people by surprise. I mean, another not that they're exactly the same, but like another one of my favourite bands is the British band Akakoka. Uh, and they're, like, I love that band. And they're, they're not exactly like Opeth, but like a lot of people for some reason are always a bit surprised that when I say, oh, I fucking love Akakoka. They're like, but you don't like the early Opeth stuff? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just never clicked. But... I, I, have a saying, I have a similar thing with, um, uh, so Cradle of Filth. Like, uh, uh, okay. musically, I should love Cradle of Filth, and I do. Yeah. But Danny's vocals, I just cannot deal with. They it, are marmite for some people. And it's, I he yeah. sounds like a banjo being strangled. It's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm personally for him, but I do understand, I do understand people who, who can't get behind them, because they are, yeah, they definitely are a bit marmite. I think someone was telling me recently as well, those like crazy high pitched screams he does are actually like exhaled as well, which is Wow. Yeah, that? crazy. Like I think that they're actually quite loud because I always thought like, are they actually quite quiet? But mm. I think he really is like 
like you know he does take when when performing live i mean I'd, i've never performed live so i don't really know but i would imagine you're sitting quite close to the microphone to obviously sing but yeah. like he does take quite a stance away from it and he like yeah. sort of definitely screams into it rather than you know he like pulls it back doesn't he from mm. like the back here when he does those crazy screams so that kind of gives me the impression that they're really fucking loud and if that's the case then that's cool yeah <laughs> definitely it's, it's a hell of a talent it's just uh it's just not for me <laughs> yeah no that's that's fair enough i, I had yeah. the I had the same thing with um Mastodon's crack the sky it took me years to appreciate that record but once that's it clicked funny. it was like someone flicking a light bulb on and yeah. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, it's me that's the problem. <laughs> it's interesting with this, because, like, yeah, I, I find this, as you get older as well, you, you become receptive to so much more, 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 like, music that, like, before you just you just couldn't kind of either get your head around or it just didn't click for whatever reason. But I think that's the thing. It's like, if you're, you know, like we are, like, music fans and stuff, and you listen to it a lot, you, you, you do your, yeah, I don't know, you're, you end up broadening your your music taste because you listen to it so much you do eventually get around to kind of like unlocking the 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 door on those bands or artists that what you know before didn't kind of make sense but you know you just kind of needed a bit more time to sit with them and appreciate it i suppose yeah definitely um so gonna wrap things up with the final kind of question what's on the horizon obviously the new the new record coming out and things and the tour with gojira but um Anything else you can tell tell people about or uh, want to plug and promote? Well, yes. Yeah, so we've got so obviously yeah, records coming out. So we're gonna try. We're trying our best to sort out like an album release tour, like a short run of like four to five shows in the UK later this year. And I, I'm feeling pretty hopeful that it's gonna happen. It's just everything's like super crazy right now with bookings because obviously yeah, all course. the venues are like inundated with shit that's been pushed back and you know all the rest of it. So. Yeah, that's something we're hoping to get uh, get around to doing this year is playing some shows before the Gajira tour because obviously the record's coming out and we're keen to get out there and play some shows because even though January's like not ages away at this point, it's like it's still a bit of a you know a bit of a while away and we'd quite like to get out there and you know play some shows before then. So I think that's the only thing to to sort of make note of oh that we're, we're dropping another single on the 10th of september just a week before, before the album release so i think that's it for things we have coming up right now really awesome stuff well thank you so much for your time um, we're gonna do the whole fake goodbye thing so <laughs> we're gonna say goodbye on the podcast and then i'll just go uh, quickly just uh, type up a few new sentences and things for yourself but um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much uh, good luck with the album uh, coming out and the tour and everything else. And if you fancy coming to Norwich, you know where to find me. I'll, oh, grab, I'll grab you all a beer. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> We've been to Norwich a couple of times and it's always been sweet, so we'd be we'd be happy to come back. Awesome stuff. Cheers. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. All yeah, the best. Cheers. Bye. Bye.